What is up? It's Dakota Layden here from Destination Fear, and you are listening to the Paranomaly Zone. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. So, Mike, what would you say if I were to tell you that I had a surge of excitement the other day? Get your mind out of the gutter, not that type of excitement. A surge. A, a uh, Not necessarily a vision, but I had, I had like this burst. I had this moment of kind <sighs> of excited clarity. Or I said, you know what, gall darn it, anyhow? What if I were to write a book? Yeah. I've thought about it. And then I thought to myself, nah. (laughs) (laughs) But this is something that I have been interested in since I was a wee little lad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I enjoy writing. I'd like to think I'm fairly decent at it. Mm-hmm. But my idea for this book, I don't know if this title's been taken, but the vision that I saw in my head was called Paranormal Believer, mm-hmm. A Skeptic's Journey Toward Belief. Ah, that is awesome. I love that idea. You should do it. You really need to do it. I was sincerely you know, momentarily kind of, I, I, I felt flushed, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, this would be neat if this could somehow come to fruition. And I was, well, in, it, I was envisioning how I would start the book. Right. I, 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 I was already writing it in my head, you know, like the opening chapter, the intro, and man, it could go any number of ways. Of course, a huge portion of it would involve the podcast, would involve sure. you. Ah, it I would, see. It would involve the learning process from all the awesome guests we've had the privilege of speaking oh, yeah. with. There's a lot of ways it could go. What do you think? Paranormal yeah. Believer, a skeptic's yeah. journey toward belief. It'd be like a biography type sort thing. Sort of. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah. It definitely wouldn't be a how-to book. No. Well, people could learn from it, though. Well, sure, sure. It wouldn't be like a paranormal for dummies. I no, hope, I hope no. not. <laughs> no. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Is there potential there, or should I just nip that in the bud before well, I... Well, uh, I, think, I think that you should uh, expand your artistic talents <laughs> sure. and into the writing field and take this idea that you have and just run with it. 
you know, take would the you, time you need to do it. Would you be willing to write like the opening chapter? Like, oh man, you know, I was going to say, uh, hey, I'll write the foreword for you. The foreword. Would you be willing <laughs> to do that? I would. And I would share space on the t- cover forward by Mike Carbno. Yes. Oh, it wouldn't be the Carbno kid or anything like well, that? You, well, you could do that too. The paranormal poster boy? Absolutely. Well, all of it. Yeah. By the way, have you ever thought of those posters? Have we come to any idea of what the paranormal poster boy actually would look like? Man, I totally forgot about that. I <laughs> Was I still drinking at that time? I don't know. No, no. You I were clear-minded. <laughs> you, you were of clear mind. You were, um, yeah. well, I, I thought you were. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember talking about that, but it, it just slipped my mind. But yeah, that that's an awesome idea. Oh, what are you talking about? The, par- the the actual poster or the book? Yeah, the poster. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, do a caricature of of me. You know how like the old you know, like when you used to go buy in like your your favorite rock and roll magazine or what have you, and sometimes back if you're lucky enough, you'd flip it towards the middle or the back of the magazine, and they'd have one of those pull out posters that you could unfold. Yeah. Pull up posters of your favorite band. How about mm-hmm. like in the next like monthly paranormal magazine out there, the lucky purchasers of the magazine gets their pull out poster of the paranormal poster boy, big there old smile on his face, um, <laughs> shirt lifted up over his belly. I don't know what would you wearing be doing? a large diaper. Well, if you <laughs> if that's what you like, sure. Um, I don't know. That could be that we could be. Onto something right there. It could be Patreon exclusive rewards coming up shortly. There you go. God. <laughs> yeah. No. Interesting though. No. Not not Mike in a diaper. Please not. But Mike do the book diaper. though. You got to do the book. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was. It's definitely a yeah. possibility. Um, yeah. I, you know, I've I've wanted to do that. I used to do some writing. Well, when I was in the Air Force and I lived in the barracks, I would spend a lot of time in my room and I'd be writing. And I actually started a novel. And it was a fantasy sci-fi type thing and uh, uh, dimension traveling, time traveling. Um, oh, do you still have any of that? Do you have any of that saved that you wrote? Mike is like in deep thought right now. He's trying to remember if he actually has saved it. Actually, actually, the screen is frozen, so I'm just trying to kill time right now until he comes back. <laughs> do you have any of that saved? I unfortunately do not. I, ha- I have ah. no idea where it went, but but I wrote I wrote quite a bit, and it was like a sci-fi fantasy type stuff. Right? Did I already say that? Yeah, you did. See, Mike's losing his mind already, <laughs> so you yeah, know that's so going to be. A, I can't write. That's but anyway, a good, yeah. That's a good sign for a great episode when Mike forgets yeah. what he said literally five seconds before. <laughs> but that's, well, that I had happens. a lot going through my head between oh. that time. Well, you were also finally recovering from yet another ailment this last week. Good Lord. I had my second stomach bug in just a few short weeks. Aren't you lucky? It was extremely bad. You know, I have have come to the realization, though, when we unfortunately, and hopefully I'm not jinxing this, when we unfortunately have to... um, skip a week for an episode the mm-hmm. next when we come back we're on fire right right listeners i mean absolutely it, i mean they're they have just been waiting with bated breath um 
on pins you've and needles. Been, They're waiting. You've been getting phone calls, letters, emails. You would not believe the amount of requests, demands I have been receiving, Mike. I am the, overwhelmed. The people knocking on your door, front and back. Chasing me down. Oh, man. it's That's the price of fame, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, crazy, crazy world. I need to stop right now. I can, yep. I hope you're fantasizing is, a little too much. I am fantasizing a little bit too much. Yes. But, uh, but before but anyway, I will I will say again, you got to do the book. And um, I I have thought many times to do like a a sectional biography of my own life. Very you know, cool. Like, Let's yeah the the different lives I've led. You know, like four or five of them in my sixty one years of life on this planet you're filled with life man of different varieties that's for sure yeah i got stories <laughs> you've heard a lot of them i've heard a lot of them they're, oh they're awesome yeah mike could definitely if if anyone could fill a uh, ghost stories book uh you're looking at them right well i'm looking at them you're listening to them yeah uh Carbno kid himself yeah the ghost would be uh just one chapter i mean there's oh, yeah. so much more but anyway, we have oh, but anyways, ahead uh, of us. Yes, introductions are in order for, for those who are new to the program. <laughs> Believe it or not, we do get new listeners from time to time. This is, of course, the Paranormal Zone, your weekly dose of all things. Hey, you guessed it, paranormal, strange, and mysterious. My name is Patrick Hoffenberger, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host with the ghost, the paranormal poster boy himself, the man, the myth, the tease, Mr. Mike Carbno. <laughs> Mike, I call you the tease because before we well, started recording, you said you had something to tease. Elaborate. Well, yeah, but well, but then I showed you half of my nipple and then we I was done. Okay, see, we are trying to get through the first <laughs> ten minutes before Mike's talking about revealing a body part. I mean <laughs> I mean it was bad enough that I mentioned you as you know with your belly exposed in, yeah. you know, in the hold out poster, but now you're talking about nipples and this. Come on, man. Are you are you are you ready to mature? Are you ready to settle I down? Am, I do have a tease, but that is actually well, that's actually from our dream team list. Hey, thank you for bringing that up, though, because right after we are done recording this episode, and by the way, this is going to be a good one, we are returning to our Ghost Stories series. They seem to be a pretty popular um, special episode of sorts, I should say, or special episodes. Uh, hopefully, this will add to that enjoyment, our listeners' enjoyment. We got some good stuff lined up, some lesser-known, eerie, creepy ghost stories for sure. Uh, we're going to be focusing heavily on some particular stories from the late great Mr. Hans Holzer in particular. Absolutely. I mean, we. I have two books in front of me, Mike. We're talking like thousands of pages. Yes, <laughs> I have three. I have three in front of me. Yeah, it's crazy. It's it's uh, pretty impressive. This man's life of paranormal investigation for sure. Ouch! Sorry. Are you okay? What happened? Yes, I did. I, I was trying to put my you didn't leather, trying to put my leather bracelet on, and I had oh. to lift my arm up to my mouth, oh. <laughs> so I could take the string and pull it. Well, and then one of my mustache hairs got stuck, and it got pulled out. God dang! Yeah, that hurt. <laughs> God. <laughs> I, for, for a second, I, I was nervous that you hurt one of your nipples. 
So oh, no, they're staying in. Okay, they're staying in. So yeah, okay. They're but, into my Batman T-shirt. Yes. I'm a 61 year old man wearing a Batman. T-shirt. <laughs> hey, what what do you think of hey, that? Hey, you know what? Happy belated birthday uh, again to the Cardinal Kid, the ghost with the most. The ghost with the most. What the hell? I just say the <laughs> paranormal <laughs> boy uh, himself. Uh, yeah, you just turned 61, and you don't feel a day past 61. Uh, don't feel a day past 81. Oh, come now. Come now. <laughs> no, no, no. But you're, anyway. You're looking good, and I'm glad that you're uh, past your latest ailment, and you're ready to uh, rock and or roll with this. Yes. But getting back to that tease, we are going to record a uh, Patreon-exclusive episode immediately following this one. Uh, we're getting back on track uh, as far as consistently releasing some new Patreon-exclusive episodes. Uh no better way to, to uh, support the podcast, boys and girls, if you enjoy what you hear at the Paranomaly Zone. Well, there's tons more of that content available to you for as little as $1 a month. Um, check it out. Give it a shot. We're pretty sure you'll like it. Toad, toads. I was going to say loads and tons, so I said toads. <laughs> toads <They're- laughs> of fun. They're, they, they're raining by the bucketful. <laughs> just go check it out i'm done <laughs> uh we think you guys will like it and um no obligations you don't like it you don't have to stay around so give you a month for a buck mike where the hell do we want to start here we got a lot of stuff to cover this is going to be a good conversation i'm looking forward to it i believe so one thing i wanted to uh, perhaps tackle first put it this way i ask you the question then i answer it that's awesome how that works isn't it I want <laughs> Mike's like uh, okay, sure, whatever. I'm gonna take out one of these gigantic like five pound books here, <laughs> and don't worry, it's not story time with Patrick. Everybody, do not fret. But I that's do, like ten loaves of bread. That's a lot of bread. That's a lot of bread and a lot of constipation probably if you ate all of that stuff. Oh, carb overload. Carb no overload is no such there thing. There you go. That's what you're gonna get tonight. I tell you. <laughs> Um, but again, referring to Mr. Hans Holzer, I was going to ask you if you were familiar, and I did ask you before we started recording, how familiar you were with the uh, the term that Hans Holzer coined himself. The term is stay behind. It's a, fair, it's a paranormal term, obviously, and I wanted to describe it to you really quick. And Because when I was reading it the other day, I was like, okay, I get it, but some of the stuff kind of was like, eh, I don't know so much about. So right. I wanted to get your thoughts on this and we'll fly through this and then i have another <laughs> question to throw out to you and then we'll dive into these ghost stories okay uh briefly he writes this at the very beginning of chapter nine it's uh, uh yeah like i said stay behinds is a term that hans invented he says it refers to earthbound spirits or ghosts who owe their continued residency and what may have been their long-term home to the fact that they simply don't want to leave familiar surroundings. He says this is not simply a willful decision, though that can on occasion be the case. The majority of these stay-behinds are people who have never been told where to go and are expecting the kind of fanciful heaven their faith has for so long pictured for them. He says naturally when they pass out of the physical body, they are disappointed or at least surprised not to see a reception committee of angels and cherubs showing them the way to heaven, God, and possibly even Jesus. Instead, the stay-behinds, Mike, find their loved ones who have preceded them to the other side. 
they have come to make the transition easier for them. Now, this is where it starts getting kind of interesting. I mean, it's interesting already. It is. Some it of is. this stuff is, I'm like, mm. I mean, maybe. I want to get your thoughts on it. According to Hans Holzer, he says, if the death is due to severe illness or prolonged hospitalization, including heavy doses of drugs, as example, the person will often be confused and need to be placed into healing facilities over there for some time. <laughs> he then says, but the majority of people are not prepared for what comes next. Some will prefer the devil they know to the devil they don't know as yet. And he's saying that's a you know, figure of speech, of course, not literally the devil. This unknown frightens them and they cling to what they know. What do you think about all this that I just shared with you? Anything pop out to you? It's kind of crazy. Um, well, to me, a stay behind and what you described it, it, it's a haunted house. I mean, it's just another term for for ghost, you know, spirit. Uh, yeah, earthbound a haunting. But they decided to stay behind. I mean, that's one of the theories that's talked about a lot, whether it's an earthbound spirit. I mean, yeah, they're all ghosts. They're all hauntings. Yeah. You know, it's a term, stay behind, earthbound. You know, uh, it's a, it's just a haunting. It's a spirit that's here whether it decides to leave or doesn't or decides not to leave mm -hmm. decides that uh, it wants to stay for whatever reason it, it's it's just another term that's what i feel and then this thing you that was said about uh, um if if a person is like heavily sedated they're the drugs or whatever they have to go into a healing facility on the other side as a spirit is that what i heard well, that was just as that was one example. Yeah. But he is he said uh, to be precise here. Yep. He says if the death is due to severe illness or prolonged hospitalization, such as heavy dose of heavy use of drugs, heavy doses of drugs. I remember this was written decades ago. Right. Exactly. He says the person will often be confused due to their severe illness, prolonged hospitalizations, and will then need to be placed into a healing facility. Quote, over there. That's the part that grabbed me. I was like, so what? Yeah, on the other side. <sighs> what is this healing facility that these well, loved ones are helping them, I guess, I don't know. They're, I, they're transitioning. It's helping them with their transition. Right. Well, they're, they're, to me, there is a transition. I mean, there is a, a, a changing of, of, a complete changing of, of who that person is. I mean, that transition I mean, it's the biggest transition you're going to go through besides coming here, you know. Um, uh -huh. But to me, I don't know if it's faith that I have or belief that just belief that I have. But once the body is dead, the spirit is released. The spirit is released from everything that that physical body was going through. Mm -hmm. Even even in a manner of if 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 that person didn't have a leg it could be it, that person could have a leg over there they could it's be a like, sprinter on the other side yeah, it's it's like you have if you go to that that the spot where you know that positive good area whatever heaven whatever you want to call it you, you're there and you're just gonna feel joy and happiness because you're you're meeting mm -hmm. your loved ones that 
that have gone before you. You're getting back together. You know, you've left everything negative behind. So That's you don't you go to the other side. So you don't buy this then. You don't buy what I don't he's buy doing. that part. No. Okay. No. So so you're you're with me on that one. That's like like I kind of mentioned. That was the part that I, that made me kind of scratch my head a little bit about right. this. This. But you know, the, maybe the it's just a term. That, maybe it's just a term he used. The healing facilities yeah. that kind of threw me off a little bit. Right. But the spirit that does stay here, whether it's from confusion or or doesn't want to leave or decides not to leave, um. Those spirits do go through all these emotions and all this pain, and they show it, they scream it out, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so while that ghost is still earthbound or in this dimension, then I believe it's still affected by emotions and pain. Well, listen to this, because he goes on, uh, very briefly here, he goes on, does he, this is just a generic example, he says, like, such, let's say, like, the lady who passed on at 90 years of age, no, no specific lady he's referring to, you know, a lady who passes on at 90 years of age, she had spent most of those 90 years in her house, and she was not at all prepared for her funeral and points beyond, so when the grieving relatives returned from the cemetery after she was laid to rest, Guess who was already there in the lady's old chair waiting to welcome them back? The lady in question, the 90-year-old lady, feeling no pain, naturally having lost or gotten rid of her physical shell. So, he's basically, and I think we agree with this, as a possibility, she simply didn't want to move on at that point. I, she I, made that decision. She made that decision because that's what she's comfortable with. Um, and she, I mean, I'm not speaking for her at even if it is right. just an example, perhaps they are afraid of that unknown and therefore they are staying behind. I mean, kind of simple as that maybe, right? Right. Maybe? It's, yep, it's a haunting still. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> but this is interesting. The final part. He says stay behinds are different from resident ghosts in another important aspect. He says it's a bit tricky to differentiate between a true stay behind and an impression from the past. He says only when the apparition moves or speaks can you really judge. True ghosts will resent new tenants or even visitors and will consider them intruders in their home. But the stay behind could not care less. It is his or her place all right, but the stay behind's attitude is the same as it was before death. Before death. Just you leave me be and I won't bother you. That's more stuff that I just, I'm like, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not sure. I just really am not sure about how he wrote that. It's another haunting. Um, but, <laughs> no. you know, like you said, this was decades <laughs> kind of ago. Yeah, no, and exactly. I mean, there's and, di and, different language, and, different ways of describing things. Right. And it is, although that's not, you know, the earliest of spiritualism or ghost hunting in, in, in any form. No, no, it's no. It's no, still early enough to where there are still a lot of theories that were not thought of yet uh things that haven't been experienced yet probably right. right um uh things that haven't been been learned yet even the extensive experience that they have you know they're forming their opinion on what they believe i mean because what proof do they have that this happens i'm glad i brought i, I brought this up or, or shared it with you because i i i wanted your thoughts and I like the term stay behind. I mean, it's very simple, straightforward, to the point. Right. Um, 
A lot of it I agree with it, but some of it really kind of throws me off. I think it's safe to say that it kind of throws you off. Um, it does. Well. Yeah. Again, not disparaging I, the the late great Hans Holzer. Absolutely, any I was just going to say that. Yeah. I mean, wh- how great would it be to have his daughter on? I mean, that I would know. Be I know. One uh, a while ago when we, um, I can't remember what it was. We might have shared more stories from Hans Holzer. Maybe it was one we had Dave Schrader on when he was, uh, you know, a part, the major part of that of uh, the Holzer files, Holzer the, files show, yeah. the show. But when I tweeted it and I. Uh, put the hashtag Holzer and Hans Holzer in there. His daughter found it on, right. on the That's Twitter, right. but she was like, what's this all about? Cause she was concerned that we were, she was just concerned of what we were sharing. And I reassured sure. her, I said, no, we are, we are huge fans. You know, um, we were just talking about these cases and then she's, she was great. And she was like, Oh, that's great. Okay. Wonderful. But she was, she was concerned about the copyright stuff, I believe. So oh, I, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So. But yeah, you should contact her. I think that'd be awesome. Don't okay. Did we ever get a date? You know, not to throw off the topic. Like you've never, never asked me out, Mike. Hey, we that Valentine's Day. Oh, <laughs> oh that's right. You know, like like yeah. like fifteen, oh, sixteen God. years ago. Yeah, you were in such a bad place. Yeah, Tony and I took Patrick to a beautiful restaurant out beautiful Minnesota little town, beautiful lake. Right down and, the road from from my house. Yes, and um, you know there was a chocolate bar there. You know, <laughs> couples were happy and laughing, and tell you could tell they were in love. Yeah. And here's Tony and I with Patrick and this heartbroken, forlorn <laughs> shell of a man. <laughs> was I like really you know? like a? Was I like a, oh, a slimy snail? Just you had like yeah, drag me I, out yeah, of my I, bed. I, I wanted to get a big push broom and just push you under the table. Man, I, I mean, why? it was because you were just like a pile of sand on the floor. <laughs> I, I was. I was a. Ugh. I was a puddle. I was like like a gelatinous goo. That's what I was. I don't yeah, know. you were swimming in your own tears <laughs> and, and a little bit of urine. A little bit of urine, just a wee little yeah. bit. <laughs> just a wee bit. <laughs> no, no pun intended at all. Just a wee bit for a good measure. All right, Mike, uh, before we get into the ghost stories, that other question yes. I want to throw out to, towards you, because one of the, one of the uh, several stories <laughs> I was going through, and oh, gosh, we're only going to be able to share three or four of them, but there's so many out there. One of them involved the idea of being haunted by your future self. Yes. Um, we've talked about stuff like this. That I absolutely that. blows my mind. I think it is fascinating. It's... I totally think it's real, and I think it. Well, I okay. Let me rephrase that. I am open minded, open minded to the possibility of it being right. a reality. Mm-hmm. Very much open minded. Some of yeah, one of my favorite ghost stories. We've told it a thousand times, Mike, about that guy seeing not only when he was a kid, seeing his future self, but also when he was that future self, seeing himself as a little kid. That's right. When he was in his neighbor's house as a kid and he saw a full-grown man in his neighbor's bathroom. He ran back across the street to where his parents were staying telling them, I saw a ghost in your house. Saw a ghost. There's someone in your house. Everyone ran over to their neighbor's house. Of course, no one in there. Years later, he comes back to visit his parents. He goes back over to the neighbor's house. They're visiting. They're yakking about. He goes into the bathroom. He looks in the mirror. 
All of a sudden, he sees the presence of a little tiny boy behind him in the bathroom. And in retrospect, he realized, holy shit, that little boy was me looking in the mirror. I am what I saw in that same bathroom when I was a little boy. I love that so yeah. much. But is that, can that be considered a, a ghost story or a haunting? Or I, is it more I, like a time travel uh, or a dimensional? Well, it's paranormal. Thing. Let's put it that oh, way. Oh, absolutely paranormal. But I love it. I love the idea of, to me, I think that is similar to the idea of being haunted by your future self. But what pops in your brain, Mike, about being, quote unquote, haunted by your future self? Uh, I I would love that. I You know, I've had uh, daydreaming of, of uh, me going back in time and visiting myself as a young child sitting on the front steps of the house I was a child in, you know, and and talking to that child yes as an adult to a child but you know it's you it's you and yeah. and and just you know explain to them you know everything's going to be cool mm-hmm. you're going to go through a lot of things in life and you're going to learn a lot of things you know not all good but hey it's going to be great you know and i think we've all had odd experiences here and there where we maybe run into a stranger and for whatever reason we perhaps have a conversation no matter how brief it may be you're in the grocery store or something and you just kind of bop into each other in in the you know the the produce aisle or something you know and looking at the zucchini looking at the squeezing zucchinis, the melons squeezing some melons that's for sure yes. and uh drinking a mimosa that too I don't know why but <laughs> anyway go ahead and you know just that was just you know and retrospect and hindsight you're like that was kind of interesting talking to that gentle old man you know what have you and then even further down the road maybe that thought crosses your mind where the hell did that guy come from and why is the are the words that he told me still resonating in my head you know they affected me somehow no idea what happened to that person never saw him again didn't even see him again in the store this happened to me by the way i've shared that on the podcast before Mm -hmm. where Years ago, it wasn't a man, it was that old lady who bumped into me and my very young daughter at the time. We were in the aisle, and she just bumped into us. We had a short conversation. It was kind of, it was odd. She was moving super slow. We immediately left that, you know, store. Didn't see this gal at all in any other aisle, (laughs) you know. It was just an interesting, I'm not saying it was paranormal by any means, trust me, I'm not. But it's fun to think about who was that gal and what right. wisdom was she imparting on us. And hmm. You know what I'm saying? Am I boring I, you to I death, do. Mike? No, that makes perfect sense. And and how many does it, ghosts or does spirits it make do sense? You, does it, it make sense? Well, not not in our terms. <laughs> not, but, no, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. But in our terms, it makes sense. I like that quote you said, not in our terms, but in our terms. <laughs> right. So... I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, say you're walking down the street and there's like a handful of people like milling around and there's other, you know, people, lone people walking down the street that you notice. You see one person across the street and you glance, okay, well, it's just another person. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden that person disappears. You know, how many ghosts are we know. in the presence of that we could see if we knew that they were a spirit? Yeah, exactly. I love that thought too. I love it. People yeah. who maybe, maybe for whatever reason, Mike, you know, just by stopping you in the street and talking to you for that five seconds, hey, not to sound drastic, 
they saved you from walking across the street during that no walking sign when that was up, you know, and getting smashed by the oncoming taxi cab or what have you. Yeah, when I decided to jaywalk in front of that truck. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, I think of stuff like that all the time. When you're held up, something happens or a couple of things happen here. You get frustrated because you're, you're, you know, behind in time. Yeah. You know, and then. So the the idea. The the idea. I'm sorry. I I have to jump in, Mike. So the idea kind of getting back to what I threw out there. The idea of the possibility of that being your future self coming back to kind of tell you like, hey, maybe maybe think about maybe think twice before you take a right and maybe think about taking that left, you know, or anything simple like that. Yeah. And put it so strongly in that child's mind, like you still remember to this day. Mm -hmm. So resonating, resonating in your, in your mind. Mm -hmm. Here's another possibility. Your future self may be coming back, not necessarily appearing to you as a separate entity, but speaking to you through someone else, you know, already. But what you're saying and what that is saying, I believe it's the same thing that mediums do all the time. It's the same thing that, Mm. you know, uh, although they are attracting the spirit, um, it's just another mediumistic uh, tool, but it's, it's the ghost using it this time, the way they can use it, you know, like possessing a body and taking it over. That's a good Um, way. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. You know, but uh, for that to happen, you know, I'm sure it, that would be something that a spirit would need to do because it had a s- certain message or something that it needed to say or give encouragement to or whatever, love to that person. Like, you know. Did you just, by the way, is there a bug that flew right next to your left shoulder? No, there's definitely no bugs in here. Because that was the, I wish I was recording, that was the slowest moving bug. It really? It started right above you, and then it slowly sank, and it kind of went, it kind of zigzagged a little bit. Then it dropped mm. off the screen, and then after it dropped off the screen, you actually glanced to your left, because I thought, so I was like, did oh, I? yeah. And then I, well, I was like, oh, yeah, that's weird. So I was like, well, did he actually see like the bug or something? Or is, yeah, it was, no, it was clear I, as day I, I on my it. end. I missed it. That's cool. There's no no those none of those pesky box elder bugs that are in no no none of those um those those uh, uh what are they the like the ladybug cousin the Asian lady beetles I think is what oh, they are the ones that bite yeah, yeah. no okay no that was interesting wow very I guess Excuse that's me a, while I open another coke that's a, that's a sign that we should move on that was the spirits telling Mike hey bud kick this co-host of yours this Mister Koffenberg cat. Kick him in the rear so we can get into some actual damn content. How's that sound? Well, I was getting into the content. Yeah, okay. Sure. But, you know, <laughs> so it, it, the possession of a body, it's something that's been going on for centuries, mm-hmm. um, whether it's uh, invited by the medium or the ghost needing to do something, you know, specific. Talk about a potential, maybe like a very unhappy stay behind mm-hmm. who is trying to maybe, in you know, like you say, encompass or I don't want to say encompass it wants to inhabit the physical realm somehow again and so it actually tries to enter the living you know oh, to uh, live that life through to, another person yeah Ooh. Well, well that's a that's pure possession there I mean that's a total takeover you know, you know what that reminds me of the Steve Martin Lily Tomlin 1983 classic yeah. all of me have you ever seen yeah. that 
Uh, I probably in 1983 I saw it. I think that's literally what it was. <laughs> Lily Tomlin's character died, and she came back yeah. inside of Steve Martin's body. Yeah, it was something. She had a big business, didn't she? And she was like the CEO. Yeah, and, I think and, so. Uh, and she had some big deal that she was had to do, and she had to, you know, Man, be there. And it's and, been so long since I've seen it. I yeah, I, I couldn't tell you, but and I probably only seen it once because it was. Yeah. <laughs> lackadaisical or something i don't i i remember being funny when he when steve would when he was first trying to physically walk with the spirit inside yeah. of him and like lily tomlin tomlin's spirit was going one way and his body was trying to go the other i mean that was it was pretty classic steve martin back in very the, classic yeah back in the 80s back in the 80s yeah he should have had the arrow through the head though in that <laughs> scene. there you go oh man Wild and crazy guy, man. One of the first superstar comics, that's for sure. He's only one of two wild and crazy guys. Oh, yes. Oh, the the Verst... Oh, God damn it. I drew, drew a blank on their name. The Verst... Yeah, I did too. Verstrunk Brothers? Str- <laughs> Listeners, tell Two wild and crazy guys. Dan Aykroyd and Steve Martin. SNL, yes. baby. Classic stuff. Yes. Uh, try to ignore their bulges. I know that. Yeah, story. yeah. That was a big deal. Do not look at our bulges. <laughs> <laughs> and now, uh, while we're at it, Mike, what's the name of the male prostitute? Fred Garvin. Oh, he finally got it right. Yes. <laughs> from from now until I die, it will be Fred Garvin. <laughs> male prostitute. Well, Mike, let's get into some... Uh, Kind of weird and wild and wacky. Weird, wacky, stories. wild. Um, oh, by the way, that reminds me. Last night, <laughs> oh, I God. watched an old classic Johnny Carson show. Oh, did you? Yes. It, guess who was on there? Uri Geller. No. Oh. Bert Mustin. My God. Okay. <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, that guy had been in every... TV series show in the 50s and 60s, you know, <laughs> and when you, some in the 70s, I believe. You know, when you said Burt, I was thinking Burt Reynolds. I have to admit, that's the first Burt that came to my mind because he, yeah. he, well, sure. he had a lot of classic appearances on uh, The Tonight Show as well. Oh, so. yeah. Very, yes. Good old Burt. R.I.P. If there's anybody that doesn't know Burt Mustin, Google it. He was awesome. You'll recognize him. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. So, um... Just to save time, since we rambled on forever, like we <laughs> unfortunately do a lot, of, yeah, a lot of times. That's my fault. I'm going. No, that's my fault. Totally. Uh, I'm going to pick <laughs> some of the shorter ones here, but the, I mean, they're yes. all they're all just cool. All ghost stories are. I mean, we love we love them all. So, and the first one we're going to talk about is the footsteps that you hear be- behind Mike all the time. That's not true. Mm. Not true at all. So this is this is an example of how. Short they are, okay? This is very, very short. This is simply called The Ghost and the Puppy. You ready for this? This isn't a uh, creepy yes. one. Do I need means. a tissue? No, no, no. It, it's it's a puppy it, thing sounds really cute. It's not I, It's not know. creepy. It's not terrifying by any means, okay? okay? Now, again, the ghost these are, didn't kill the dog. These are, <laughs> these are d- pulled directly from the Holzer files, so to speak. Yes. Uh, and it starts off, it says here, Alice H. lived in a five-room bungalow. In the Middle West. Uh, she worked part-time as a saleswoman, but lived alone throughout her long life. She never had interest in this, in psychic phenomena or the paranormal. I'm adding a little bit there. 
She even went to a spiritualist meeting with a friend that was not impressed one way or another. She was 62 years old when she finally had her first personal encounter with the unknown. See, there is hope, everybody. There is hope. Mm, absolutely. There is hope for uh, you're 99 years old and spry as a sprite. <laughs> is that something? Can you be spry as a sprite? I don't know. But, or uh, you could be 99 years old laying in your deathbed and your whole family is there that, that too. Uh, passed away. That too. So uh, one night, anyway. One night when Alice went to bed... She then awoke because something was pressing against her back. That's kind of, mm. that's kind of crap, uh, creepy. Somebody was spooning. <laughs> I've been spooned. That's one of those things ghosts are known for, man. They just want to cuddle. They want to spoon. Yeah. They they call them cuddle ghosts. <laughs> that's a, that's another. See, Hans Holzer, he coined stay behinds. We're going to coin cuddle ghosts. There you go. I want everyone who's listening to this right now... Tweet out hashtag cuddle ghost and at us. Just do it, please. Get <laughs> get cuddle ghost trending. <laughs> All right. Now, since Alice lived by herself, she knew what the hell's going on here. I'm alone. I shouldn't be feeling this goddamn crap on my back. I, I'm ad-libbing ad a little bit here. But it did frighten her. Of course, nevertheless, when she turned around to look, <laughs> to her horror, she saw the upper part of her late husband's body. Ooh, now that is creepy. That's creepy. Really? Now she stabbed, stabbed. <laughs> she stabbed him. As she stared <laughs> at him, he glided, his torso glided over the bed. His torso. Well, because she only saw the upper part of his body. Frightening as hell. Glided over the bed, turned to look at her once more with a mischievous look in his eye, and disappeared on the other side of the bed. There wasn't like like entrails hanging out. No, it doesn't stuff. say. It doesn't. I hope not. Because my, my God, I Lord. mean, it's terrifying enough. This <laughs> poor woman. <laughs> you, just, you can hear like my the God. the 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 blood dripping on the floor. Yeah, you know? yeah, and you can see you can hear the sound of intestines dragging across oh, the bed. Oh my God! My God! Okay, go on. Wow, that is a line I never <laughs> thought I'd hear you say. I know. Me too. Now, Alice could not figure out why he had appeared to her because she had not been thinking of him at that time. Now, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean anything to a ghost. He, can, he or she can appear whenever. You don't necessarily have to be focusing on them, I don't think. Right, Mike? I, I agree, right. I mean, it could help. Putting out that, yeah, put it, yeah I was going to say, putting out that energy would, would help. Yeah. Now, as you said, she had not been thinking of him, but evidently he was he was to instigate her further psychic experiences. Not much later than this event, she had another manifestation that shook her up even more. She had been sound asleep when she was awakened by the whimpering of her puppy. The dog was sleeping on top of the bed covers. Alice was fully awake now and looked over her shoulder where there stood, not the torso of her husband, but... The bottom part. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> Wearing a pair of shorts. <laughs> Patrick's lost. Oh god damn it. I'm just envisioning this right now. No, boys and girls, it was not the bottom part, trust me. You can okay. see part of the backbone sticking up. <laughs> okay, oh, go ahead. Man. Oh, Mikey. Focus. You literally gave me a bloody nose here. God damn it. Look at this. I'm bleeding. 
I ah, did. You did. Oh, my God. Hold on, boys and girls. I got to pause this, Mother Humper. Hold on. <laughs> and I'm back. I'm sorry, everybody. I have a, I have some blood on my book right now, but that's okay. It will... I'm sorry. No, I, it wasn't I you. I just really rattled you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it happens. It happens. It's uh, When it gets really dry, my, my nostrils get really sensitive. <laughs> so, but no, Mike... She did not turn around only to see, as you put it, the bottom half um, with the projecting <laughs> spinal cord. No. <laughs> no. No, anyway. she, she turned around and she saw a young girl about 10 years old in the most beautiful blue tailored pajamas. Mm. This little girl was looking at Alice's dog. As Alice looked closer, she noticed that the child had neither face nor hands nor feet see now there's something weird going on um, you know ghosts with missing parts yeah and i did say previously that this isn't like a creepy weird story but it kind of is the (laughs) the visions that she's having what is she gonna see next i got headless horse I, oh my God! <laughs> the horse <laughs> or, head will be the, in her bed. Exactly, the head of the horse right next to her. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, she noticed neither, or the face uh, was gone. The feet were gone. The hands were gone. Not there. Of course, Alice was shaken. She jumped out of bed and actually went toward this spirit. The little girl moved back toward the wall, and Alice followed her. As the little girl in the blue pajamas neared the wall. It somehow changed into a beautiful flower garden with a wide path. Hmm. Mm. She then walked down the path in a mechanical sort of way with the wide cuffs of her pajamas showing, but still, no damn feet. (laughs) 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 Nevertheless, (laughs) nevertheless, according to Alice, it was a very happy walk. Then everything disappeared. The girl, the pathway the garden everything disappeared the experience but you know if you don't got no feet you got less chance of getting a bunion you know but anyway you go ahead this is this is uh interesting that is that's true it's true about the about the bunion yeah thanks Mm. paranormal bunions now the experience bothered alice so much that she moved into another room But her little dog stayed on in this room where the experience had taken place, sleeping on the floor underneath the bed. That first experience took place on a Sunday in October at 4 a.m. The following Sunday, again at 4 o'clock, guess what? Miss Miss H. heard the dog whimper as if he were conscious of a presence in the room. By the time she reached the other room, however, she could not see anything, naturally. These experiences continued for some time, always on Sunday, always at 4 a.m. It then became clear to Miss H that the little girl hadn't come for her at all in particular, but only to visit her little doggy. Hmm. hmm. That's, that's cute. But what cute about ending. The, what about the torso of her damn dead husband? <laughs> well. Why are we just kind of shoving that under the rug? God dang, she was having a couple of bad days there. I, oh, wow. I mean, this, this little story is called The Ghost and the Puppy. All I remember is uh, a yeah. severed in half dead husband. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, too, like, you know, the little girl in the blue pajamas with the head with no face. Okay. Okay. So there's no, so there's no hands. No hands. 
no feet, no feet, no face, no face. You know what this was? It was a pair of pajamas alone with a <laughs> fake head. Hang, it was hanging on the back of her door. Or how about this? <clears throat> it was just a pair of pajamas hanging on her door. Well, yeah, but the head, you know, you gotta, there's got to be some explanation for the yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. That's, oh, that's true. That's true. You know, so. Well, maybe it, was, I don't know. maybe it was a pair of pajamas with a hoodie on it. Well, there with, you go. With a hood. Which would explain no face Ex- if it's just a hoodie. Absolutely. So, all we're talking about is uh, clothing infestation. <laughs> that, that's all it is. You get a handful of seamstresses in there. It'll be. It'll. They'll oh, take care. Of they'll take care of that. I'm afraid to laugh because I don't want my nose to burst open. <laughs> yeah, <again>. don't, don't, <laughs> don't start bleeding again. That's, I somehow. I was out in the kitchen for a long time. I somehow got blood on my lenses of my glasses. Jeez, I don't know. Got blood splatter on the wall behind <laughs> you and everything. And these, these, I know you probably can't tell, Mike, but I got my, a new prescription. I got brand new glasses. I can see. I didn't notice. It. I can see flipping great. I got new contacts. I can actually read like a normal person again. It's kind of neat. But yeah, they're all yeah. the bifocal stuff. So. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Works. Well, that's good because you were having a really tough time. With oh that. God, it sucked. I was getting headaches. That's no joke. Oh yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Now, Mike, this following ghost story is affectionately called the electrocuted ghost. Okay, it's already got me wondering. But go ahead. <laughs> this actually took place in Minneapolis. So uh, okay, well, yeah. close to home. Yes, and involved a Mrs. Jane. Eidson, E-I-D-S-O-N. Maybe Eidson? Eidson, I'm not sure. But Jane Eidson was a housewife in suburban Minneapolis. Middle-aged, mother of five, ranging in ages from 9 to 20. Her husband, Bill, traveled four days each week. For eight years, they had lived in the cottage-type brick house that was 28 years old. Would you like to live into in like one of those old cottage-type houses, Mike? Is that something? Yeah, like, with like a thatched roof. Yeah, something like that. I just maybe I have like kind of a vision of like Lord, yeah. Lord of the Rings or something. When I think, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm totally off base, but I would love to do that in in uh, Redland. Um, or no, it's Reading, England. There you go. And, yeah, yeah. In the, in the countryside, that was where my grandmother was from. But anyway, well, the first time that the Eidsons, I'm going to go back and forth. Do you think it's it's E I D S O N? Do you say Eidson or you say Eidson? Eidson. The first thing I said was Eidson as well, so we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. The first time the Eidsons noticed that there was something odd about their otherwise ordinary looking home was after they had been in the house for a short time. Jane was in the basement sewing when all of a sudden she felt that she was not alone and had the urge to run upstairs. She suppressed this strong urge, but felt very uncomfortable. Now we've all kind of felt those odd, creepy urges in basements. There's something about basements, Mike. Yeah. Something about I, attics. You know. When I, yeah, when I go down to the basement, I usually have to pee. It just, <laughs> something happens. I don't know. I think it's maybe the musty smell. Or is something. it the musty I, smell, or is it because, or is it something psychological, deeply rooted in your subconscious? Yeah. Because you yeah, are so far away from your functioning toilet that you then, like, <laughs> you kind of panic a little bit, and your bladder says, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, head back yeah, upstairs." It could be. Could be. All right. Now another <laughs> evening, her husband was down in the basement practicing a speech 
when he had the same feeling of another presence. His self-control was not as strong as hers, and he came rushing up the stairs. Now, in discussing their strange feelings with their next-door neighbor, they discovered that the previous tenant of the house also complained about the basement. So they got some history going on there, at least according right. to according to the neighbors. <laughs> their daughter, Rita, had never wanted to go in the basement in the first place, and when pressed for a reason, Rita finally admitted that there was a man down there. Ooh, I don't, <laughs> I don't like how that sounds. One of the younger daughters saying, I don't want to go down there because there's a person down there, Mom. <laughs> Someone <laughs> is in the basement. There's a tramp living. He's in yeah. our basement. He's got a mattress on the corner of her floor. Don't like it. Don't it like it. Smells like urine and bad whiskey. <laughs> and rotten cabbage. <laughs> Small hands. <laughs> there you go. Right. Uh, Rita described this person as dark-haired and wearing a plaid shirt. Sometimes this person would stand by her bed at night and she would become very frightened. Well, naturally. But the moment she thought of calling out her parents' names, well, guess what? The image disappeared immediately. Just of course. thinking they, of calling out for her mom, though. I mean, they even... all do that. <laughs> now, another spot where, where Rita felt his presence was the little playhouse at the other end of the yard. So obviously there's something there uh, that, that wanders a bit. Right. Now, these occurrences kept on, these feelings kept on, until the following spring when Mrs. Eidson noticed a bouncing light at the top of the stairs. Now, that's kind of odd. Now, you're downstairs in the basement, and now she sees a bouncing light at the top of the stairs. Bouncing light. That could be, you know, the ghost in a different form. Exactly. Different form of energy. Now, she was about to go to bed in an upstairs room that she occupied while convalescing from surgery. While doing that, the light, Mike, followed her to her room as if it had a mind of its own. Now, again, these are the Mm -hmm. words of Hans Holzer. Right. When she entered her room, the light left, but the room then felt extremely icy. So this light followed her. It took a lot of energy and left. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. Of course, naturally, she was disturbed by this feeling, but nevertheless went to bed and soon had forgotten all about it. This sleep came over her. Suddenly, however, in the middle of the night, she woke up and sat up in bed. Something had awakened her. At the head of her bed, she saw a man who was beige-colored, as she put it. Beige-colored. Now, as she stared at this apparition, it went away again, leaving the room very, very chilly. About that same time, the Eitsons noticed that their electric appliances were playing tricks on them. There was the time at 5 a.m. when their washing machine went on by itself. You know, and that's not easy to do. That's not something that just happens. No, it doesn't. Um, I wash a lot of clothes, and my washer has never done that. Like, even, like, the older the appliance is, the more difficult you imagine it being. I mean, nowadays, with everything being digital, maybe you can see something going haywire and turn it on by its own, but a lot of this shit back in the day was all manual, Mike. I mean, heavy-duty manual exactly. stuff. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. You had to, like, take, it, you know, like a, a flipping crescent wrench just to turn it from, you know, <laughs> rinse to spin or something. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Now, there is also, aside from the time when the washing machine turned on by itself, the television set in the basement turned on by itself, 
which could only be turned on by plugging it into the wall. Oh. (laughs) But you can only turn it on by plugging it into the wall. It wasn't plugged in. Something was plugging it in. That is something, yeah. Okay. When they had gone to bed? Or it was was the energy that it had stolen. Maybe it, it, uh, it affected the TV and turned it on. But again, it could only be turned on by plugging it in. And they said when they had gone to bed, the set was off and there was no one around to plug right. it in. It wasn't but plugged it, in. Yeah, it just needs an energy source to, to turn on. It, the, if the oh, I see gave what it you're an saying. To turn I on, see what you're saying. Like the electricity would have turned it on. But gotcha. you know, that's just a bad, stupid theory. So No, 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 no. I know it's, it's actually, <laughs> I get it now. I, I totally, that's my bad. I, that, my fault. <laughs> I, I hate saying my bad. I apologize for saying that. That's like one of my least favorite things, so I apologize. Now they have to ask, who the hell was so fond of electrical gadgets all the time that turn them on and off and just start bothering everybody in the wee hours of the morning? Well, I got I have a theory myself. I think they're yeah. energy vampires. Okay, now tell me. Be, I mean, the answer's coming up shortly, but I want to know what you mean by energy vampire. Well, Mike's like beating his dog to death right now with his words. He is just lurching forward. He looks like a professional wrestler cutting a promo. He's ripping some ass right now. Well, not ripping ass. Maybe he is. Maybe it is smelly over there. Now he's pile driving Mary. He's ready to... <laughs> he's shaking his shoulders. He's ready to go. He's about ready to pull out his... I'm trying. Okay. Boy. No, I didn't... I only, I give them love when I try to stop them. Oh, and sure. It, it, it works. Okay, sure. It works. So tell us what an energy vampire is, Mike. Okay, so, you know, they aren't such a thing as really spirits or ghosts that I, I have heard. But it, it's a, a person that um, when they're around you, they just they just suck the energy out of you. you know, like, like, have you been around somebody that you worked with or whatever that it's just like... Mm. God, I just, you know, you exhaust me, you know? It's like Oh, amen. There's something there's something about you. I don't know even know what it is. You know? Or you might not even know who is doing it, but they they come out and they they drain your energy. They feed off of you your energy. They're energy vampires. Okay. I got that. I got but, that. But you know, I it's like I said, they, you know, I don't really hear that in a uh, with a spirit, but I think it's still possible. Well, definitely possible. You know, we've we've bantered about several times where, you know, hell, let's face it, if you're a dick in your physical life, chances are you're going to be a dick in the paranormal realm, right? So maybe if they're uh, yes. that energy vampire, as you put it, while they were walking on Earth, well, they continue to be that energy vampire in the other realm. Maybe. That's a thought. Mike is continuing to beat his dogs. That's quite a sight. You should see it. Oh. I think now Mike's exhausted. I'm expecting to hear like a, a drained macho man, Randy Savage, turn the corner. Dusty Roads, actually. Or Dusty Roads. Oh, the American Dream, Dusty Roads? Okay. Yeah. My uh, my Great Pyrenees is uh, a little agitated this evening. Yeah, I, I, I don't know like, why. It's like she's on double guard duty, which is bad. Maybe it, maybe she's sensing that little Orby thing I saw float next to you, you know, a few minutes ago. That could be. And then, of course, she gets the German Shepherd goal. And then, and then we got a big, big yeah. brouhaha. Yeah, yeah. That, that German Shepherd Macy of yours is, uh, whoo, she's, she's, <laughs> she's a handful. A lot of energy. 
Finally, Mrs. Eitzen found out exactly what the hell was going on with all these problems. Well, perhaps found out who was causing all these behind all this rigmarole. In May 1949, Mike, a young man who was just out of the service had actually occupied this very same home. His hobby was, you guessed it, electrical wiring. For he had put in a strand of heavy wires from the basement, underground, through the yard to the other end of the property. When the young man attempted to hook them up with the utility pole belonging to the electric company, he was killed instantly. Yeah. It happened near the place where Mrs. Eitzen's girl had seen the apparition. Since the wires are still in her garden, Mrs. Eitzen is not at all surprised that the dead man likes to hang around. So, um, yeah, he's not a happy camper. Talk about perhaps a no. stay behind, but maybe a stay behind who's not consciously staying behind. He just is because he hasn't accepted point. what happened to him. Yeah, well, you know, that electrical energy that killed him, you know, how, how many, what, 150,000 volts or oh, whatever they are. I mean, yeah. uh, what if that does something to your spirit with, you know, as it leaves a body that it that the energy is killed, the electricity is killed, but what if that is so much energy that, that ghosts need to manifest anyway? Yeah. You know, like how they suck energy off of batteries and things, but this was just so much energy blasted in there maybe that as the spirit left there is so much energy given to the spirit that it, it's it's there i mean it's mm -hmm. just it's out it doesn't have to you know do anything because it's got so much energy it could probably do whatever it wanted to or whatever it mm -hmm. uh might realize that it can do i don't know no i like those thoughts you know mike you oftentimes you you kind of shake your head or shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know, after you like expound on some thoughts of yours. And they're, <laughs> yeah. they're oftentimes more than that, if not always, you know, very, very uh, astute. And you should be, <laughs> you know, you should be proud of your thought process, Mike, instead of questioning it all the time. But the only time I that astute is when I'm sitting on the toilet. <laughs> That's right. Damn, he has problems with astute. That's for sure. <laughs> Boy, when I get a good shoot going on, boy, I tell you, <laughs> no, it's no, a good not, one. not shoot, not shoot, stoot. astute. Astute, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes you shoot, but you got to shoot. You got to, you got to, anyway, go, I, I, we're done. Go ahead. So why does astute have to be so damn similar to ass toot? Oh, sure. Well, there you go. Exactly. Ass toot. <laughs> you know, that's what happens kind of first when you sit on the toilet. So okay. yeah, it's, it's ah, all good. Ah, well, anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I <laughs> no, no, I'm okay. I'm, I'm I'm just as guilty as you are today. Okay. This next brief, but kind of eerie ghost story, simply referred to as the fraternity ghosts. Okay. There are many haunted colleges. So actually, the you know college that's, in Fargo is. I was very just going to say, I uh, NDSU supposedly very very yes. haunted. That's it's like wow. Yeah. Fargo look, Paranormal have have been there. They've done a lot of great research there. By the way, I'm still waiting to hear back from the the gal uh, uh, Audrey from um no not not Audrey from from uh Fargo Paranormal the the gal I reached out to about that uh school that's remodeled now and totally revamped. That's like what a half hour away from Enderlin. I, I no, it's like uh, twenty minutes. Okay, okay, twenty yeah. minutes. Half 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, but uh, 
you know, because we were looking at staying there one night because that has an alleged haunted history. Right. I contacted her about getting a room, and she was very excited, very polite, and wanted to know when we were interested in doing this. And I I was like, well, I want to be honest with you and open them with you why we're looking into doing this. And I haven't heard back. (laughs) So I don't know if she was like, oh, God, who are these weirdos? So, yeah, we don't need that kind of publicity. Don't need the ghost hunters. No. Now, the fraternity ghost, Mike, several years ago, a tragic... Now, this is several, 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 several years ago, because this book was published several, several, several years ago. A tragic event took place at a major university campus in Kansas. A member of one of the smaller fraternities, TKE, was killed in a head-on automobile accident on September 21st. His sudden death at a so young an age, he was an undergraduate student actually, his, um, brought home a sense of tragedy to the other members of the fraternity and it was decided that they would attend his funeral in New York in mass as an E-N-M-A-S-S-E. Yeah, mass. like all together in a all big, group. big, big group, yes. Sir. Big old group. Big mass of people. Not quite a year after the accident, several members of the fraternity were at their headquarters. Eventually, one of the brothers and his date were left behind alone, studying in the basement of the house. Yeah, sure, they were studying. You know what they were doing. Eating donuts. (laughs) Upon completion of their schoolwork, they naturally left. When they had reached the outside, the girl remembered she had left her purse in the basement and returned to the basement to get it. When she entered the basement, she noticed a man sitting at the poker table playing with chips. She said something to him, explained herself, then grabbed her purse and returned upstairs. There she asked her date who the man in the basement was since she hadn't noticed him before. He laughed and said that no one had been down there but the two of them. At that point, one of the other brothers went into the basement and was surprised to see a man get up from his chair and walk away. Well, guess what? That man was none other than the young man who had been killed in the automobile crash a year before. One of the other members of the fraternity had also been in the same accident, but had only been injured and survived. Several days after the incident in the fraternity house basement, this young man saw the dead boy walking up the steps to the second floor of the house. Mm. By now, the fraternity realized that their dead brother was still very much with them, drawn back to what was to him his true home. Yeah. Brief, but kind of kind of sad, but kind of cool and kind of creepy. I mean... It, yeah, it is. It's got all those factors, but... Uh, he wants to interesting, stay with though. The, he wants to stay with his frat brothers. You Again, we talk about this several times, Mike, over and over and over. Is he there by choice, or is he there because he hasn't moved on? He doesn't know that he has physically died. You know, all of that's possible. You know, all you can go by is theories and, you know, what the story says. You are correct. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Mike's trying to... Now, question number three. He's, he's, he's still trying oh, anyway. to soothe his massive dog while... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> she, the peer right now, she's actually laying at my feet, so... This is one of those longer cases, Mike, but I do have... I have to grab my other book. Hopefully, I won't start bleeding profusely. Let me move here. I have to grab the other Hans Holzer book. This is the one. That's I, a giant book, too. Oh, that's yeah. That's 10 loaves of bread there. <laughs> 20. A, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of words. So this one, I have to go all the way to page 631. Hold on, boys and girls. It is right... <laughs> 
Yeah, well, you don't need to do it page by page. I'm I'll not. Just... Well, well, <laughs> that'll make the episode longer, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, hold on, boys and girls. Actually, I was on the wrong page. I wanted to go to page 542, silly me. <clears throat> but I'll go through this as briefly, as quickly as I can. It's a, it's a creepy kind of eerie story. I mean, we've heard several paranormal cases, Mike's, Mike, of like lights, odd anomalous lights that are that people have seen over and over and over at like railroad crossings or exactly right you know any number of well traversed means of travel any road any back road mm-hmm. you know right sometimes they have legit physical scientific reasoning behind it you know explanations behind it some of them just leave you a scratch in your head. This is one of those cases. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the case, Mike, of railroad conductor Old Joe Baldwin. Have you ever heard of the Old st- Joe Baldwin? Old Joe Baldwin. No, he's Didn't not. Did they make a song about that story? I, I don't they know. may have, and he is not any of any relation Old to Joe the Joe Baldwin. Hey, that sounded damn good. That sounds like a Johnny Cash song right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. Bringing his lantern down the rail. Wow, and he just told the entire story. <laughs> yes, anyway. You just covered it. Yes. I'm kidding. In my dulcet, baritone voice. Soothing. <laughs> Don't forget soothing. Yeah. But this took place in the South, Mike. Um now, it's written down, it's described as one of the most famous ghosts of the South. I had never heard of it. So it's not that famous, but uh, then again, we're not geniuses <laughs> you know, by any means, um, or experts, I should say, on every paranormal case out there. But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you are not familiar with this, with this case? Uh, not this one in particular, no. The uh, story of Joe and his lantern was known to Hans Holzer for many, many years, and was actually featured in Life magazine. And they actually, he wrote the word, dignified the story with a photograph of the actual railroad track near Wilmington, North Carolina. Hmm. Isn't that close to Mayberry? I think it might be. Any, anyway. I was... um, early 1964, this legend became reality. When a letter arrived from Bill Mitchum, Robert's dad. Old Bill Mitchum. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry. Go. Go, Patrick. Go. Oh, okay, okay. Go, Patrick. Go. Hey, go, Patrick. Go. <laughs> uh, Executive Secretary of the Southeastern North Carolina Beach Association, a public relations office set up by the leading resort hotels in the area centering around Wilmington. <laughs> Now, Mr. Mitchum reached out to Hans Holzer because he wanted to tell him about this story, which has become known as the, the Mako Lights. Now, do that okay, does that sound Mako familiar? Lights. The Mako Lights. M-A-C-O. Oh, I it it does a little bit, but boy, I'm not sure. It makes it seem like it rings a bell. It's like is, yeah. so is old Joe, the story behind these better known right. Mako Lights phenomena. Well, and I've heard of, you know, other railroad stories of, of the shining lights down the tracks and everything. So there's probably, you know, more than a few. Um, the story, um, actually, when Hans Holzer back in the day was uh, coming to town to do an investigation, he got a lot of coverage. A lot of people were really excited about this paranormal investigator. They called him, they, that's such a derogatory ter- term, 
they call them the spook hunter is coming to town. You know, I just, Ooh. yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that the at all. The spook hunter. Yeah. You know, that's how it was published in the newspapers back then, back in the day, you know. That's that, like derogatory. Yeah, it's terrible. But hey, yeah. you know, that's how ghosts were referred to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Don't like it. No, no. One of them right here says, uh, can, <laughs> can spook hunter de-ghost old Joe? And it uh, begins, it says, Tales of Joe Baldwin flagging down trains with false signals, waving his lantern on dark summer nights have been repeated since his death way back in 1867. I added the way back, but that's when old Joe died. Yeah. The death goes as such. Baldwin, a conductor on the Wilmington, Manchester, and Augusta Railroad, was riding the rear coach of a train the night of his death. The coach became uncoupled, and Baldwin seized a lantern in an effort to signal a passenger train following. But the engineer failed to see the signal, and in the resulting crash, Baldwin was decapitated. Hmm. Now, there's a reason that this case hmm. is referred to as the case of the lost head. I'm sure. That's how it's literally referred to as, the case of the lost head. Old Joe Baldwin lost his head. Old Joe Baldwin <laughs> lost his head. <laughs> God damn it. You're make my, other, you're, my nostrils are going to start leaking again here. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> that sounds so good, though. Is that, God, is that Johnny or am I envisioning someone else right now? Oh, Joe. I don't know. It's just shit I'm pulling out of my ass. Baldwin lost his head. Old Joe Baldwin hates the trains now. Man, I think you're onto something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna read I'm gonna write a book. Mike's gonna okay. write the forward to it, and Mike's gonna begin his long awaited journey as a country folk singer <laughs> singing tales of those tragic deaths of railroad conductors nationwide. Yeah, now I feel bad I gave my guitar away. <laughs> hey, I got but anyway. I can play guitar for you. I got my yeah, old trusty one. All right, where the hell was I? A witness to the wreck later recalled that the signal lantern was flung some distance from the tracks, but it burned brightly thereafter for some time. Soon after the accident, there were reports of a mysterious light on, along the railroad tracks at Mako Station, hence the term Mako Lights, in Brunswick County. Two lanterns, one green and one red, have been used by trainmen at Mako Station so that engineers would not be confused or deceived by the alleged Joe Baldwin's light. So they've mm. actually... You know, actually change their methods of conducting, I guess, right. uh, just to not confuse people to make them say, "Hey, this is us. This is legit. This this is reality." Yeah. Not so the, the, Baldwin. Yeah. You know, it's giving a lot of credence to you know the story. You know that <laughs> you know, it must have happened enough times to where they they, they had the thought to do that. Now, <clears throat> um, I will go towards the end here. This is a, one of those really really long articles highly recommend you guys getting this book this is such a really cool book it's literally called ghosts true encounters with the world beyond haunted places haunted houses haunted people it's it's loaded with good stuff here although i will say there is one little nitpick i have there's one section towards the, the end of the book that focuses on what he refers to as psychic photographs mm. and there's lots of some of the photos are pretty cool now, again, these photos were taken back in the 50s, 60s. You know, they're, they're older. 
if not older than that. But some of them that, <laughs> I, I don't want to say anything negative. Some of them just, I, I got kind of a chuckle. I'm like, that, no, that is not the spirit right. of, or a, you're not picking up Grandma Betsy. That's obviously yeah. something that's been manipulated. And it's like, come that, on, really? That doesn't really look like Uncle Jack. No, absolutely not. It looks like a painting of Uncle Jack on this on this photograph. That's what it looks Why like. Why does he have that cheesecloth wrapped around his head? Ew. Yeah. You know, Why? They, that's what they used in those spirit photographs. They would use yeah. like cheesecloth or something, you know, to make the wispy stuff. And I know. I got you, man. Oh, Mike's beating his dogs again. I just, I'm just letting our listeners know that's that's what you're doing. Mike's a brutal man. He's awful. Now he's ignoring me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. They yell at my dogs again. I'm um, just uh, going towards the end. This is uh, Hans, his own opinion referring to this particular case. In regards to the Joe Baldwin, old Joe Baldwin's floating head ghost lights. I'm not <laughs> singing this time. Uh, during a, during a um, educational speech at Bogdan Hall before an audience of about 500 people, Hans stated his conviction that the track at Mako Station was indeed haunted. He explained that the shock of sudden death might have caused Joe Baldwin's etheric self to become glued to the spot of the tragedy Unfortunately, reenacting the final moments over and over again. How awful is that if that's actually what's yeah. going on? Is this poor soul literally being decapitated over and over and over? Yeah. Is it is it an intelligent spirit that is, you know, hap you know, it would be its own hell. Uh you know. He does go on. Thank you for saying that, because he does go on. He says, I, Hans, do not think we are dealing here with an etheric impression registered on the atmosphere and not possessing a life of its own. So he's not saying it's, that's basically a fancy way of saying residual, basically. Right, right exactly, yeah. He's saying that the phantom reacts differently with various people and seems to me, Hans, <sighs> a true ghost capable of attempting communication with the living but not fully aware of his own status or the futility of his efforts. So mm. that's interesting. So it's an intelligent... Yeah. Intelligence and intent, intelligent, not me, definitely not me, not an intelligent entity. <laughs> um, trying to communicate, not succeeding, and not realizing why it isn't succeeding. So, that's again, that's sad to me. Old Absolutely. Joe Baldwin doesn't realize what happened to him. Old Joe Baldwin feels the pain. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah great story i i'm but not not done quite yet last thing i want okay. to say oh, here shit. a couple things here i want to finish <laughs> up with um i hans was convinced of the veracity of the phenomenon and co by comparing it to other quote weaving lights in other areas can only conclude that the basic folklore is on the right track except that joe isn't likely to be looking for his head he is rather trying to keep an imaginary train from running into his uncoupled car, which of course exists now only in his thought world. So he's not to the right. point where he's actually dead, <laughs> so to speak, but he's trapped trying to not be dead over and over and over again. Right. Like acting like a residual, but actually having 
and intelligence. Trying to avoid it. Yeah. To me, right. that's that's tragic, though. Still, oh, he's huge tragic. And how many spirits are bound to Earth <sighs> through far, that? I you'd have to think far too many, right? Right. Exactly. Um, finally, just to add some validity to this, it's uh, Hans says, suddenly the thought struck me that we had actually no proof that a Joe Baldwin had ever existed in this area. Mm. But he says the next morning, after these articles were published, next morning I went to the Wilmington Public Library and started to dig into the files and historical sources dealing with the area over 100 years ago. The same Bill Mitchum and I started to read all the newspapers from 1866 onward, but after a while, we gave up. Instead, I had a hunch, which eventually paid off. You know, sometimes those hunches do pay off. They do. If Joe Baldwin was physically fit to work on the railroad, railroad in a hazardous job as such as that, he must have been well enough to perhaps be in the armed forces. Maybe. Going mm-hmm. by his hunch, he started to search the regimental records from 1867 and backwards. Guess what he found in volume 5, page 602 of a work called North Carolina Regiments, published in 1901. The following entry says, Joseph Baldwin, Company F-26, NCT, badly wounded in the thigh, Battle of Gettysburg, July 1st, 1863. Wow. So that's not necessarily proof that this is the same Baldwin, but it is proof that there is a Joe Baldwin who lived there and And worked in the same area. Which leads to the possibility. Right. So, yeah. I do find that story, and I skipped pages and pages of it. There's tons of really cool, creepy stuff to that. But Mm -hmm. you got the gist. Old Joe Baldwin. One more time, Mike. Let's hear those dulcet tones. Old Joe Baldwin. (laughs) Old Joe Baldwin. Old Joe Baldwin. Damn. Sorry. Wow. I'm done. <laughs> that was impressive. That was anyway. really, really impressive. Dulcet, like I said. Yes. Dulcet. <laughs> uh, you're damn close to being a bass there, actually. Not necessarily even a baritone. You were a bass, my friend. Well, maybe I have a little bit of that lower range in me. You think so? You can, yeah, when you can bit. when you can pull out pull out uh, yeah. the the emotions you know the yeah. the emphasis needed I get that I get that uh, time for one more Mike I know that we spent a lot of time uh, with bloody noses and rambling <laughs> yeah. and going on but uh, let's share one more ghost story and then we will wrap it up and we'll dive into a really cool Patreon episode please tease Absolutely. tease Mike tease Mike while I'm finding this last ghost story to share, what we have in store for the Patreon episode. Well, we are, I don't want to give too much away, but we are making a list. Do you want me to say exactly what it is? Yes, absolutely. Please wow. do. We are. Don't, each... I mean, don't reveal your list, but tell you. No, what. Okay. no, no, that's all for the show. We are each creating our own dream team list <laughs> of who we think would be the best team to investigate together from any paranormal TV show on oh gosh, TV. Or- <laughs> <laughs> a TV show that's on TV? You're kidding me. Absolutely. That's how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, not, I guess technically that they don't necessarily have to be on a paranormal program, but for relatability, 
we're choosing them so people go, oh, I know right. that guy or I know that gal. We saw him. And uh, we're going to have a good time with that one. It's going to be kind of fun. Kind of kind of along the same lines of last week's part one of the paranormal quiz that we gave you, Mike. We need to right. we need to return to that for part two. That was pretty, pretty interesting. How strong of a paranormal believer do you think Mike is, boys and girls? That's Well, tune in and listen. It was pretty fun. You'd be kind of shocked. You weren't actually yeah. 100% just buying into everything. You were... Right, exactly. Were, well, they were great questions. You were calling BS on quite a few of them, so... I was, wow. Yeah. I was impressed. Aren't you? You're not impressed with yourself? Oh, no. I Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were still going to say something. No, I'm done. I'm done until I I find didn't it. walk all over you again. I didn't want to do that. No, 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 no. It's, it's okay. It's okay if you walk over Because you me. get so mad. Okay, the uh, wrap up this episode. And this has been a blast, Mike. This is a, a, it has, it a good, has. a good long, fun discussion. Yeah, um, I apologize for some of my. Don't apologize for anything. Damn <laughs> my outburst of <laughs> some of these stories, like failure. I, like I said, though, <laughs> anyway. so much of this stuff is so so good. Um, and uh, I hate saying the I hate saying that phrase. It's so good because I don't mean it like that. Where it's just like, oh my god, it's so great. Right. I'm, I mean it respectfully, and I'm just blown away by the possibility of this stuff actually being legit. Yeah, you're not just throwing out the the, oh, the passing. No, 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 uh, not uh, at all. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, you know, because a lot yeah. of these are unfortunately involved tragedy, and so it's like no way are we making light of anything. Absolutely. What are the, uh, well, and like, we wouldn't anyway. One of these stories that like, involves. Uh, a haunting in a you know, go figure a haunting where one of the particular events that the residents in the house hear over and over Mike is is that of like a party that continuously goes on and they're mm-hmm. upstairs they, they they hear the same music playing over and over they hear the piano it's like an old timey type of you know setting a vibe yep. that they get champagne bottles being popped open mm-hmm. they hear this like every every night in their house you know, and yeah, like no, the Overlook Hotel, you know, when, right. the, when they're at, you know, and the, all the exactly filled in the room and exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's right. no explanation for it. I mean, there's so many just creepy examples. Uh, examples like, you know, there's like people coming down the stairs at night because they hear some, that what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's like behind that door and they're standing at the door and they hear it. They still hear it like there's a party going on in yep. there. They open the door and it immediately stops and there's nothing there. One that I read oh, that I read residual. Yeah. One that I read earlier today as well was and obviously again, I'm being redundant. The haunting involved um a man who was awoken from sleep in his bedroom by what he described as several individuals standing in his room. Several individuals standing in his room. Naturally terrified, he went into like self-defense mode. The only thing he had closest to him was his pillow. He threw his pillow at one of the persons. And it the pillow, you know, this was a ghost. You know, the standard ghost that we think of. The pillow did not fly through the apparition. Rather, it hit this person, mm. fell to the ground, and then the apparition disappeared. Pillow fell to the ground, the, not the, not the apparition. No, the pillow hit <laughs> the apparition. That's a that's a wimpy ass apparition. <laughs> yeah, 
Ooh, I'm done. <laughs> Don't toss those pillows at me, damn it. Nobody said there's going to be pillows being thrown, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, think, think about that, though. That's creepy. I mean, it's, yeah. that's, it's, it's, it's exerting such an energy like field that the pillow yeah. bounces off of, his, off of it, yeah. and there's nothing there. I mean, well, and that that gives me a little bit of an idea that it could be a little bit more than just spirits standing around him. Hmm. It's a different form of energy. It, maybe it's a, a, a an alien energy that. Oh God! You know, uh, you could go a lot of ways with this. Talk I mean, about a whole other ball of wax! My yeah, God! Sure. But well, very interesting. The though. final yeah. story I will share, uh, share is simply referred to as the girls' school ghost. Uh, it takes place in what Mr. Holzer describes as one of the quietest and most elegant sections of old Cincinnati. It says where ghosts and hauntings are rarely whispered about, taking place in a lovely Victorian mansion built in 1850 or around 1850 in what was then a wealthy suburb. It says this was brought to, brought to his atten- attention years ago by John Strader of Clifton, a descendant of one of the early Dutch families who settled in Cincinnati and himself a student of the paranormal. The owners of the time, at that time, were the Stenton family. One of the, apart, uh, the uh, let me rephrase that, the owners at the time were the Stenton family, or rather one of the apartments in the mansion for it had been subdivided into a number of apartments. Yada, 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 getting to the story. Now, soon after they had taken up residence in this old house, well, you know what happened? A bunch of weird, wacky stuff, Mike. Uh, the Stentons Absolutely. were it has to. startled by noises as if someone were walking in the hallways. And when they checked, of course, there was never anyone there who have caused the walking. Classic you know, paranormal experience, those damn footsteps, Mike. Absolutely. You had footsteps on your recorder at one point. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Hey, come on, you made my nose bleed today, so I can... Yeah, I can, that's true. And, and there's nothing creepier than... Well, there are a lot of creepier things, but the creepy, creepy-ass oh. thing to have footsteps, footsteps that you can hear right in front of you or right behind you. Or above you. Yeah, and nothing. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, hearing all these footsteps, like I said, you know, as, as if something was causing them something walking causing them obviously two weeks after they had moved in and always at the exact same time this time at 2 10 a.m they would hear the noise of a heavy object hitting the marble floor but of course there was nothing that could be causing this according you know according to them after they had looked around and searched and was like what the hell's causing this huge thump shortly after that while mrs stenson and her father were doing some research work in the flat Someone softly called out her name, Marilyn. Both of them heard it, both her and her father. Now, what really upset them, though, was the sound of arguing voices coming from the area of the ceiling in their bedroom. Mrs. Stenton had the impression that there were a group of young girls up there. I'm not, I'm not going by the idea of a group of, of young people. Oh, cuties. Ooh. But but st- people, I mean, just like a, hanging out above your bedroom. I just yeah. love that idea. Yeah, what are they doing up there? I mean, are, no. Yeah. Up no good. I tell you that right now. These youngsters these days, I don't care if they're ghostly or not. But, however, the most dramatic event was to transpire a mere couple of weeks later. Someone had entered the bedroom, and as she knew, 
She was alone, her family being in other parts of the house. She was naturally frightened, especially when she saw what appeared to be a misty figure. Mm. Now, as soon as she made eye contact with this misty figure, the figure shot out of the room through the French doors leading to a studio, managing to knock the Venetian blinds on the doors, causing them to sway back and forth. So this was such a shot of energy. Yeah, huge. That it physically manipulated reality that was there. Right. These Venetian mm-hmm. blinds on the doors. Not a gust of wind, boys and girls. Now, Hans goes on to say, shortly before I visited Cincinnati to deal with this case, Mrs. Stenton had another eerie experience. It was in the winter and had been snowing the night before. When Mrs. Stenton stepped out onto their front porch, she immediately noticed a fresh set of footprints on the porch heading away from the house. Ah, so she's seeing them being (laughs) formed as they go. (laughs) That kind of gave me the chills a little bit right there. I love that. Heading away from the house. The house was originally built in 1850 as a large private home. It later on became a girls' school, and much later on, an apartment house. When Hans looked into the case, he discovered some additional details. In 1880, a young man of the Henry family had committed suicide in the house by shooting himself. After the family family moved, the house could not be sold for a long time. It became known as being haunted, and was boarded up. Finally, as a girls' school, the Ely School bought it, or a girls' school bought it in 1900. Other tenants had also encountered unusual phenomena ranging from presences to noises of objects hitting floors, footsteps following one around when no one was there. In fact, no one was there at all who could possibly be doing the doing. So imagine hearing this, Mike. You're just simply walking down the halls, like maybe going to the to the to the lavatory. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. yes. you got these creepy ass footsteps behind you. I, 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 no, thank you. Well, when I was a kid, uh, I remember coming up from the basement many times, and it, it could very well have been imagination, but and it probably something that a lot of kids feel. Um, but it, as I'm going up the stairs, I swear you can hear somebody coming up on up behind you. Oh, yeah, you know, with uh, you know, like a few steps down. Mm-hmm. And then you start running up the stairs because it scares the hell out of you. <laughs> and then you swear to God that the footsteps behind you are running, are running. and keeping up with exactly. you. Exactly. Oh, you know, God. but is that just a structural thing with the house? You know, I, you know, I don't know. Is it your imagination? Imagination, you know, all of it together. Or was there something behind was me? Was there something behind chasing you? Chasing me up the stairs. Now, in the the girls' school ghost case here, even the dog owned by one of the tenants would, under no conditions, enter the area of the disturbances and would put up a fearsome howl. I mean, we hear stories about that a lot. You know, dogs can be and are often believed to be. I think you and I are on this side of the paranormal fence. We think that dogs in particular are sensitive to experiencing the paranormal, sensing the paranormal. Mm Mm-hmm. But Hans wraps it up. He says, the item most likely to have an answer to the goings-on came to him by talking to some of the oldsters in the area. One of the young girls in the school was said to have hanged herself upstairs above the Stenton's apartment. 
Hmm. Was it her ghost or that of young Henry, the other boy who had shot himself, who could not leave well enough alone? I don't like the idea of suicide victims hanging around, Mike, because that there's more evidence that they can't move on. Um, right, exactly. I mean, literally can't. I don't. Mm-hmm. Not that they want, or not that they won't. Is it, it through guilt that they might feel that they, or is it the, the, the depression that is following them? Yeah, you know, into the, you know, where they're at now, uh, their existence. God, that's kind of a bummer to end the episode on. <laughs> as far as as far as the cases go, it's like, oh my gosh, but man. It's reality. It's reality. Yeah. Um, you can't ignore it. Well, you know, we know what favorite story of mine that you said. Uh, it the and they had the most poignant parts of of paranormal interest was um, Old Joe Baldwin. He's dead. Anyway, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Mike. Thank, uh, you. To, Thank you. Thank I, you very much. I need you now, though. Remember, you need to sing this phrase. A national anthem. No, 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 no. Next no. Twins game. <laughs> you need to sing in that voice, Cuddle Ghost. Come on, do it. We yeah, there you go. We need to, we need to I, get well, that I'll hashtag to, going. We need yeah, to get yeah. that hashtag going. I got to think that one up. I, I can't pull that one out. Oh, I put I, you on the spot? I don't know. Okay, that's fine. Let down our listeners. Let down Enjoy our listeners. Enjoy the cuddle ghost. That was great. See, you're you're fantastic. It'll wrap your arms around it. Listen to you. It wraps its arms around you. I am being cuddled by the yep. ghost of Johnny Cash right now. It's either Johnny or Waylon Jennings. I can't quite tell. <laughs> no. <laughs> a little bit of Roy Orbison there, too. Definitely definitely not Roy. Definitely not Roy. But that, that was, Carl that was, Perkins. That was impressive. That was impressive. So Okay. Work on it. Next time we come back, I want a full-fledged song called Cuddle yep. Ghost. And as a bonus, I will sing Blue Suede Shoes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not the Carl Perkins version or the Elvis uh, Presley it's version? Gotta, it's got to be the Elvis Pre- exactly. uh, Presley version. Absolutely. Oh, Mike, this has been freaking fantastic. It's a good one. It's a long one, but I think uh, yes, it, uh, it was worth it. Hopefully our listeners agree. Uh, moving onward and upward, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you so much. We love all of you guys. Stick around. We'd love to see you at the Patreon page. Hey, we're going to record one right now. Mike, until next time, what do our awesome friends of the Paranomaly Zone, our zoners, fellow zoners, need to do? Peace out. Oh, Joe Baldwin.